Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody, whoever you are, wherever you are, whoever you are, <laughs> listening or watching. Welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. We are studying through the book of Hebrews. And uh, last week we finished chapter 1. Shortly Joe's going to read chapter 2. The title of this message is Why God Became a Man. Why God Became a Man. In chapters 1 and 2, the writer to the Jewish Christians, that's why they call them the Hebrews, uses the Old Testament prophets like David and Isaiah to show that the Messiah cannot be an angel, but is Jesus Christ and divine. He is God. Those readers, we don't know who the writer was, to the Hebrews, some people are convinced it's Paul. We don't know. Could have been anybody, one of the early church fathers. Uh, Martin Luther believes it was Apollos, could well have been. Don't know. But we know that uh, this book is inspired by God, the Holy Spirit. Those readers were in danger of giving up on Christianity. In verses 1 through 4, the writer warns them against resisting God's laws, not just in the Old Testament, but drifting from the truth preached by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The word of God that they heard and the word of God that they received in order to be saved was delivered to them by the servant prophets concerning what Jesus said proving that he was and is the Messiah by the miraculous signs and wonders that he did. So let's uh, read Hebrews chapter 2 together. Good morning. Today we're going to be reading Hebrews chapter 2 in the Bible in your hymn to some page 1863. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore the great salvation. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Jesus made like his brothers. It is not... 
to angels that he has subjugated the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is a man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with your glory and honor and put everything under his feet. In putting everyone under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of the salvation perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who made holy are the same family, so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers, he says. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I, the children of God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their, in their humanity, humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all lives live were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he has made like his brothers in every way or in order that he might become merciful and faithful high priests in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, and he is able to help those who are being tempted. Praise God for his word. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here. We thank you for those that are watching, those that are listening, wherever you are, those that are here, and help us to tune in and, and to, to concentrate, not be distracted. And uh, that's exactly what the devil wants, for us to be distracted and not to, to listen and to grow in our faith and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we ask for your help uh, as we study this chapter in the book of Hebrews uh, for our benefit, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Verses 5 through 18, the writer explains why God came in the form of a man. Jesus took on human form in order to eliminate Satan's power over people that were his slaves. Listen again to verses 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he, which is Jesus, 
he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him, that's Satan, who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, he broke the chains of fear, sin, and what people fear the most. What is that? Death. Death. In the way of illustration, I'll read this. Some of you may have heard of William Randolph Hearst. If you haven't, you have now. If you don't know who he is, Google him. Lived from 1863 to 1951 was one of the wealthiest and most powerful men of the 20th century. At the height of his media career, he was worth, in those days, $500 million. That's probably about $50 million today. He built uh, a billion, rather. He built an enormous castle in the hills near San Simeon, California, some of you may have visited that place. It's open to the public. At more than 90,000 square feet, it took 28 years to build. It is one of the largest, most opulent homes in America, rivaling the uh, Bitmore Estate in North Carolina. Hearst often invited the Hollywood elites to visit him in the castle. I remember Charlie Chaplin was one of them. It was a mark of the celebrity's true star status and, it, and if they were invited to Hearst's castle for a weekend. And when guests arrived, they were informed of one very strict rule. They were warned that if they broke this rule, they would, never be, they would be escorted from the building and never be invited back again. Whenever the guests were in Hearst's presence, there was one word they could never utter. Death. Death. Hearst had a horrible fear of death. He was so afraid of it that when one of his palm trees at San Simeon died unexpectedly, the gardeners painted its leaves green until it could be replaced at the time when Hearst was gone. The wealthy tycoon did everything he could to ignore death, but even with that amount of wealth and power and influence, he couldn't prevent death. So on August the 14th, 1951, he died, and then he had to face judgment just like everybody else. So, as it is appointed unto man, once to die, and after that, the judgment. Interesting about painting the leaves uh, green. You know, when we lived in Leverett, I used to plant these uh, false, these plastic flowers because we didn't have to water them and they never died. And nobody knew the difference except Denise and I. I thought, how come they've got these flowers all year round and they didn't die? Well, they were plastic, weren't they? 
It's great. I love those kind of things. I don't, no one could tell the difference. You don't have to water them. They never died. All right. Another reason why God became a man was to be able to relate to us human beings. Why? We, we suffer pain. Uh, we suffer temptation. Oh, by the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. All right? And uh, we suffer the consequences of uh, the sin nature, which is death. That's one appointment we all have to keep, like William Randolph Hearst and others. All humans suffer. So did Jesus. All humans die. So did Jesus. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So will we be, all those that place our faith in him. One day we'll be resurrected. We'll get a resurrected body, just like Jesus' resurrected body. We'll be just like him. All human beings are tempted. So was Jesus. In verse 18, it says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Also, because Jesus became a human being, but still remained God. Don't forget that. It enabled him to serve as the perfect high priest, who not only has the ability to cover the sins of mankind, but also to completely take them away, completely wipe them away. He's the only one. If we place our faith in him, our sins are forgiven. It's a totally clean slate. And God remembers our sins no more. He doesn't hold those sins against us. Verse 17, for this reason he had to be made like them, human beings, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of people, or sins of the people. So by quoting the Old Testament, the writer shows that God planned from the beginning to rescue human beings, to rescue us from the bondage of sin and the fear of death. Some of you have heard of Larry King. He's a great, so he was a great interviewer, and uh, he interviewed many, many people, many famous people. If I'm not mistaken, Frank Sinatra, that was probably his last uh, interview. Some of you have heard of uh, Ray Liotta. He was in uh, the movie uh, Goodfellas, great actor. And uh, Larry King asked him the question, the inevitable question, because Larry King was obsessed with death. He didn't want to die like we all do not want to die naturally. And he asked uh, Ray Liotta what he feared the most. And without blinking an eye, he said death. I thought, there's an honest man. You know, even though he's a macho man, and he got all the macho man roles, he, he had the guts to admit that he feared death. And unfortunately, was it this year, recently, uh, Ray Liotta died, a great actor. 
and I hope and pray that he came to know Jesus as his personal saviour. Amen. Larry King himself, even though he interviewed many famous people, including Billy Graham, and uh, regarding life after death, he remained an avowed agnostic until the day he died, an avowed agnostic. What is an agnostic? An agnostic, some of you don't know, is a person who claims neither faith nor belief in God. In other words, they don't know. Before I became a Christian, I was an agnostic. I believed there was a God, but I didn't know who he was until God revealed himself through the preaching of his word. So, the writer says that God made man, human beings, a little lower than the angels. In other words, compared to the angels, human beings are lower down on the totem pole. All right? We're, they're a completely different species. All right? But they are a created species. God created them like he created everything else. They existed before everything else in heaven. And then God created human beings. That began when he created the first man, Adam. And out of Adam he came, came the woman, the first woman. Eve. Different species. Completely different species. And it says that God made man a little lower than the angels. And also, because Jesus became a human being, he was made a little lower than the angels in the sense that he became a human being, but he always remained God. But he was never an angel. He always remained God. He had to become human in order to go to the cross and pay the penalty for our sins. The perfect living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they would have animal sacrifices. Blood had to be shed, but it only could cover the sins of the nation of Israel for a year. It had to be done over and over again, year after year. Animal sacrifices could never take away sins. could only cover the sins. On the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the Jews still remember that and celebrate that. But Jesus is a perfect sacrifice, not an animal sacrifice, a human sacrifice because he was without sin. He was a perfect sacrifice who shed his sinless blood on the cross in order to wash away our sins. I should hear an amen or a hallelujah or something because the angels are rejoicing. And we will too one day. Is made a little lower than the angels. Why? To obtain the victory on the cross. And it says in verse 10, why? Why did he do it? Well, because he loves us. No one will ever love you like Jesus. Why did he do it? To bring many sons and daughters to glory. Are you a child of God? Let me ask you. Are you a child of God? Are you a daughter of God? Are you a son of God? Some are nodding. Some of you may not know, but you can be. 
You can be a child of God if you receive the Son of God. When Jesus shed, I don't like the word spilt. When you spill something, it's an accident. My beloved wife brought in a load of groceries the other day. And inside this, well, she, she ran out of shopping bags. So she put some of the groceries in a plastic bag. But it was a trash bag. And it wasn't a very strong trash bag. It's one of those thin white ones. So I normally help her in with the groceries. And I try to carry this plastic bag full of heavy groceries. Within the bag, there was a jar of ragu, <laughs> spaghetti sauce. And that's a free advert. You should pay Coleraine Baptist Church for that free commercial. And I tried to lift it, put in faith in the plastic bag. What happened? The ragu jar full of ragu sauce fell and smashed all over the kitchen floor. And Jim had to bite his tongue. Oh dear, what did I do? Such a shame. And then we had to clean it up. What a mess. What a mess. Oh my dear. So where were we? Yes. Now, Jesus shed his sinless blood. It wasn't an accident. It, he didn't spill his blood. He had to go to the cross to do it. Perfect sacrifice. Wash away our sins. He made it possible for us to be part of God's family. You can't get better than that. To be part of God's family. There's nothing better than that. Amen? And now he calls us brothers and sisters. Listen to his own words. And some is, uh, Mary, is his mother, and some of his half-brothers were trying to find Jesus. And he was in somewhere with his disciples. And somebody came in and said, Hey, Jesus, your mom... And your brothers are outside. They want to see you. They're waiting to see you. What did Jesus say? Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. You can read that in Matthew chapter 12, 46 through 50, those that take notes. So let, let's summarize, let's conclude what we've learned today. Re, regardless of ragu sauce, you know, spaghetti sauce. Even though Jesus was God, he humbled himself and became a man in order to go to the cross, suffer death, and rise again from the dead. Only by his atoning sacrifice would it be possible for all people everywhere 
red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world to place their faith in him and receive everlasting life. You feel discouraged? Don't we all sometimes? Remember that we have received the gift of everlasting life. He became the, he was the perfect sacrifice. And I'll close by reading Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20. The Son, not S-U-N, but capital S-O-N. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. See, God has always existed. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has always, there's never been a time when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit hasn't existed. Everything else has been created. He is above all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body. What's that? The church. The body of Christ. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. It's such a blessing to us that we can read it and we can, by your Holy Spirit, be able to understand it because... It's inspired by you, but it's uh, spiritually discerned. And unless we have the Holy Spirit within us, we can't understand it. It's even foolishness to us. The natural man doesn't receive those things. But uh, we thank you that we have been born again. We have been uh, regenerated through the power of the Holy Spirit, having received life. And there's life in the Son whom you sent into this sin-sick world to pay the penalty for our sins so we won't have to face punishment. We you eliminate fear, the fear of death, and we look forward to it. It's not something that we can dread. We look forward to it because then there'll be no more temptations, there'll be no more suffering, there'll be no more pain. We'll be just like you where there's 
total peace and joy and tranquility in the portals of heaven. So I hope and pray that this message, wherever you are, you've heard it, you've seen it, I hope and pray that you will receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Call upon his name to save you so you can have peace on earth and a home in heaven when you die. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.